If you have been affected by any of the issues in this podcast, then head straight over to the Cult Vault website, where you can find many links to help groups, or even reach out to Casey herself on Facebook or Twitter. Either way, please speak to somebody about it. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Sorry. Right. Hi. Hi, Paul, uh, Sean, Dan. How hello. are you doing? Fine. Fine. How are you? All good. Yeah, it's good. I'm good. It's great to be here. Do you know what? It's just nice to have a little bit of a break from the usual routine and interview format and, and all of that stuff. Um, I've been working all day in Starbucks today. Paul, you'll know how wild Lee's shift pattern is. So yeah. we've two young babies as well it's um it's tough to find time to catch up so um mm. typically after lee's first day off he he would have just finished a 12-hour night shift so actually he has to sleep for half of that day yeah right. and, and to recover from his his shifts and then on the the following day that's usually when i would take my little break from the kids and catch up with work but Lee had his work night out this week, so he's actually <laughs> ah. back in tomorrow. He's back uh. in tomorrow because I get I I had to to um take the kids while he had his day out his his works work. night out, which started at two p.m. I might add. <laughs> wow! And then um and then yesterday I had to give him the day to recover from his night out. Um and uh, so I had my Starbucks day today. So I've been all day scripting about all sorts of horrible stuff actually i wrote a 16 page script on r kelly um so i am ready to talk about something completely <laughs> different <Kidding. laughs> well welcome good sit back relax we'll have nothing to talk about it great thank you so much sean how was work for you is the is the is the weather extreme well, it's super windy and we're getting a big storm tomorrow but, oh my uh, goodness yeah big storms over here are just not not the same as big storms anywhere else in the world so <laughs> i i can't even comprehend what that means for you oh we we had some snow uh recently didn't we casey i mean it was it was all of you know inches uh deep yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well up here in liverpool it didn't it was just um our son turned three last week and um yeah. He came out of he came out of nursery and I said, "Oh my goodness, look, it's snowing." Actually, mommy, it's raining. And I was like, "No, it is it snow? It's snow." No, mommy, it's raining. And I was just like, "Oh, okay." And then my uh, my partner Lee was calling it misery snow because it was just <laughs> sleet that just made everything really wet. Mm, and then the of course, <laughs> it's frozen today. So I spent 40 minutes trying to de-ice the car to 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 go to Starbucks. And I was trying de-icer and I was trying salt and I was trying, you know, warm water and being really careful. It was the inside of the car that was frozen the whole time. <laughs> there's a, there's like a broken seal somewhere. But I was I thought I was going crazy. I was like scraping this ice. And I was like, what's going on? It was the inside of the car and the sun was shining and everything was reflecting. It was pretty stressful. I should have just walked. It's only five minutes down the road. <laughs> Oh, no, it's terrible. I mean, I, I mean, I have to scrape the ice off my car, but being obviously the same as 
not too far from Casey, but uh, being close to the coast, we don't get it as bad as it inland. So it's not too bad. It's a little bit warmer. So we only get a thin bit of ice on the windscreen. So I'm scraping that off. That's fine. And then you have to wait, oh, I don't know, three minutes or so for the seat warmers and the steering wheel warmer to come on your car. It's terrible. It takes forever. <laughs> oh, what oh. difficult it is such hard problems to have. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, wait, wait, wait. A minute, a minute. It's the smallest violin I could find. <laughs> oh, dear. It's absolute godsend. I came in today and uh, <laughs> Linda, my wife, had, had she had one of those big, well, similar to what Casey's wearing, a big oversized jumper thing, real fleecy the sort of teddy, teddy yeah. fleece type things. Um, this is extra small, but on her, it looks like triple X plus more, you know, huge thing. And uh, she's wrapped up in that. And she says, oh, come in. It's really cold in here. I went, are you kidding? I said, it's really warm. So she gets a hand and puts it on my face and really, really, really freezing you know, hands. I said, why don't you just turn the heating up in the house? No, 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 no. It's, it costs too much. I'll put this jumper on. Right, fine. I said, anyway, feel my hands. She goes, well, you're lovely and warm. I said, yeah, I know. Steering wheel warmer. Yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's tough over here at the moment. I don't yeah. know if, if uh, Paul and, and Dan have told you, Sean, but all of our postal workers are all striking pretty hard mm. over here. Oh, so my right? dad, uh, yeah, he, my dad's a postman. Um, I think we might have talked about this last time. He's been a postman for over 20 years now, but he only works on collections. So he empties the boxes. He doesn't mm. post anything door to door. And um, he's been on, they've been on strike now for about four or five or six weeks. And this is the longest that that they've ever, that they've ever been on strike for. And all of those times that my dad has to stay off work and not go near the premises and everything because of the union that he's with, he is losing money. So he's actually having to just do overtime to make up for the strikes. And he said that if, if they still haven't, um, if Royal Mail have not agreed to the terms by Christmas, he's going to, going to just walk across the picket line and, and go back to work because he, he said he can't afford the pay cuts anymore. So I guess that Royal Mail are just digging their heels in and not giving anybody what they want. And mm. it's the same with our bin collections as well. Mm. I don't know what yours have been like, Paul, but my goodness, it's been it's been awful. Lee ended up having to, they, they, um, when they eventually came to take our bins because our lid was up, they wouldn't, they refused to take it. So Lee had to get some industrial bin bags and take a uh, four weeks worth of general waste in the car to the tip. And we've got two, you know, young children in nappies. So we can't afford to not have our bins collected when they're yeah. supposed to be. So yeah, you've got that, you've got the nurses strikes, you've got the train strikes, which are causing problems yeah. along with the weather. So yeah, it's just all a little bit um, chaotic over here, Sean, right before the holidays. Yeah, it sounds mm -hmm. like a nightmare. Yeah. It's like going back to the 1970s, this, all the, the amount of strikes that we used to have blackouts in the evenings and all sorts of things going back in the early 70s. Uh, you know, all the power workers would just switch off, switch off all the power stations and they'd be sat there with a candle and a torch. And uh, yeah, that's it's, it's similar to that. All the coal miners going on strike and everything. Yeah, it's just it's really bizarre. I've never seen so many in one at one time. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's normally you know they and then you know like I say the nurse is going out on strike as well. It's it's pretty pretty grim. Yep, everyone's feeling disenchanted, and that's mm. a, a a a ripe time for cult leaders to strike. Actually, mm. you know when mm. people and and uh, and for people to get wrapped up in conspiracy theories as well when they're searching for something to direct their anger towards. 
uh, you know, want for a better existence, want for a better life. And then when somebody says that Donald Trump's the Lord and Savior and he's going to change the world for the better, you know, you want to believe it because everything's so terrible. You know, you can't afford petrol. You can't afford heating in your house. Food prices are going up. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. That is, that is the best segue I've ever heard on our show. And it wasn't by any one of the three of the main hosts. Well, this is bringing us on topic. That was so good. There's a reason for that. And we'll, we'll <laughs> I'll retrospectively, we'll record the uh, intro. Hello, Cosmic Pizza Podcast, the show of all sorts that sorts all by serving up a slice of life. What is your order, please? Uh-huh. I see. The special it is. We will be there to deliver ASAP. Pizza Podcast, special delivery. Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. My name is Paul and with me today are... Dan in the UK. And Sean in Canada. And today we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories. Or are we? Will Spotify shut us down halfway through? (laughs) The world may never know. (laughs) Yes. If you're listening to this, then no, they didn't. But today we are joined by Casey, your speaker from the Cult Vault podcast. This is her third appearance on the show, and if you want to go back and listen to her, she's appeared on episode 13 and episode 26 of the Cosmic Pizza podcast, talking about conspiracy theories, which we will be talking about later in the show. Uh, But first, let's welcome Casey from the award-nominated Cult Vault podcast. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? She she started off coming on this show. We helped her out. We had her back on again a second time, and she's elevated herself to award nominated. Casey, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Paul. Hi, Sean. Hi, Dan. Thank you so much for having me back. It's really nice to be here with all of you, clutching our hot drinks in our cold hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all huddled around the roaring candle. It's, you know, what is, we put it in the middle of the room, we call that central heating. Or a seance, so, yes, one of the two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Casey, welcome back. So what's this award that you've been nominated for then? Well, I was shortlisted for the International Women's Podcast Awards in their category of changing the world one moment at a time. So I submitted the podcast. Um, I self-nominated the show with a 10-minute clip of an interview that I did with a lady called Erica Bornman, who is a survivor of a pretty abusive Christian mission over in South Africa called Kwasi Zabuntu, which is shortened a lot of the time to The Mission or KSB. And Erica has written um, an award-winning memoir titled Mission of Malice, my exodus from Kwasi Zabuntu. And what Erica does in that memoir is retells her story of her mother coming into contact with this group when Erica was young through to her mother burning all her worldly goods, the family kind of upping their whole life and moving closer to the mission to her parents actually leaving her and her siblings at the mission to go away and do 
missionary work. And the abuse for Erica really started when she was left there without any parental supervision. Um, and what goes on behind the walls of the Christian mission is absolutely abhorrent. Um, Erica's kind of dedicated her life to exposing the historical abuse that that took place whilst she was there and continues to take place. And she knows this from whistleblowers that tell her information from the inside, people that if they left would lose everything, as Erica has done. She has no communication with her sister and her sister's children, her nieces, which she loves dearly. She has no contact with her mother, who blames Erica for the rupture that that occurred within their family. And her nieces have subsequently been married off within the group to men that they've never had conversations with, men that they've never spent any private personal time with. And uh, it's been really tough for Erica. She's received death threats. She has to live behind a gated community. But she's fearless and and she tirelessly works to to really expose this group. So I managed to somehow take sort of our three hour interview and, and stitch it into a, a 10 minute overview of significant points within Erica's story of her describing what KSB is, her experiences there and what she has done in her activism work since leaving. And that got us shortlisted for the International Women's Podcast Awards. And we didn't win in that category, but I think it's incredible to even look at the the podcasts that were shortlisted because these were BBC podcasts. These were podcasts that are generated by huge networks that have budgets and teams and producers and marketing budgets and things that, of course, um, as we all know, sitting here today as independent podcasters, we can only dream of having access to. So that really gives me hope that there's a chance for a spotlight to be put on independent podcasters to win awards in these categories and also to keep going because if we ever do get a team working with us one day who knows where the podcast will find itself it, it there's the chance for people's work to go stratospheric if they're being noticed when they're only independently working on things as sort of a solo project so that was um yeah that was a couple of months ago and that was really special awesome very really good. Impressive. I don't know why I've lost my camera. <laughs> so apologies for that. I'm trying to get it back on, but it's not working. It's a conspiracy, I tell you. Um, no, that's amazing, amazing, amazing. I, I when when obviously Pete told me that uh, you know you you'd been a, a nominated for an award, and I thought, oh my goodness. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because I mean the amount of work that you put in uh, to your um, to, to, to well to your website as well with all of the uh, the links you've got to all of the resources and things that that people have been affected by cults and 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 what have you um and you know all the help and support that you you can offer them as well it's that's an amazing uh, feat just i mean there's just running a podcast by itself is a full-time job in some cases but and especially yours with all the the, the research you do and the interviews you prep for um and then conducting and have to edit and put them out uh to find time to run the, the website as well is incredible yeah it's a bit it's a bit um shoestring and it's a bit dodgy um I, I do. It is in my 2023 roadmap to try and find a way to tidy that up at the moment. I'm I'm also trying to build um, a dedicated page to all of the authors, 
that have contributed to the show. So every month I run a, um, a monthly memoir giveaway where I interview an author who's published a recent their experience or their research into the field of, of cultic studies. And I will interview the, the author and then feature their interview as the first one of the month. And then on my social media pages, I run a giveaway where I highlight the book and the author um, and anybody that interacts with the social media posts across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram will be entered into an automatic draw to win a copy of the author's book. So it really gives everybody a little bit of um, a little bit of, of promotion. You know, it helps grow my social media pages. It helps direct people towards where they can find the book. It helps to show people that the book's out there and uh, and also to just kind of give people a little nudge towards going to listen to the episode if they're interested um, and so I've done tons of these and it only occurred to me the other day that there isn't a place for anyone to go if they want to look at all of the authors that I've spoken to unless they want to trawl through, you know, 200 and something episodes. So I am in the middle of uh, putting uh, a different book and the author out every day on social media as a reminder of people that have appeared on the show. And as I do that, at the same time, I'm trying to also repurpose that content and pop it on the website at the same time so my aim is that by the end of December I would have done both things I would have created that landing page on my website and I also would have created a nice set of social media posts that just remind everyone about all of those authors so yeah it's a bit all over the place but I'm getting there one bit at a time Amazing. That, that, that's Excellent. a lot of work. We, we yes, haven't yeah. even done anything remotely similar to that. I'm, ex I'm exhausted just thinking of that level of work. That's <laughs> just too much. Uh, that's crazy. But but uh, for a little time, you did have the uh, conspiracy uh, vault, which was uh, all about conspiracy theories and, and, and what have you. Um, now, I must admit, I haven't heard of a new conspiracy theory for ages. I, I think the media is covering them up. I think, I think they're trying to, to hide things from us. Um, and also something weird, the first time you appeared on our podcast, it was episode 13. Uh, the second time you appeared on our podcast was episode 26. Uh, listeners, go back and listen to them. They're really, really good. Um, but if you take 13 and 26, if you take the one from 13 and the six from tw 26 and add them together, you get seven. And if you take the three and the two and you times them by two, you get six. That's 67. That's today's episode is 67. Oh, there we go. How about that? There's, there's something going on here. It's almost like it was planned. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it incredible. Was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not that good. <laughs> we certainly don't have a web website or compiling abilities at all. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, we, we are the most unsocial of social media. I think don't talk to anybody. <laughs> Actually, on that point about not talking to people, you mentioned obviously being an independent podcaster and, you know, we sort of arrange our guests through ourselves. You know, we don't have an intermediary. We don't have outreach. We don't have uh, a presence in social media circles. Do you find that as an independent, actually, people come to you and feel like they could get more of their story across because you don't really have the same agenda that, that say, the BBC would have or or, you know, recognised media outlets would have, you know, you will just listen to their story. You won't have an angle for it, so, such as. I do think that that's the case a lot of the time. I think that the back catalogue speaks for itself in terms of 
my agenda and the names of individuals that have appeared on the podcast are, are quite well known in the space and I think that that helps to put people at ease. I also have a lengthy pre-interview process that I send over to potential guests that tells them what they can expect from me and what I might hope from them. Mm. And I think that that level of transparency really helps to bridge that gap between skepticism um, and 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 hesitation. And rightly so, you know, a lot of these individuals have been horrifically treated um, uh, by people that they thought they could trust by people that they thought would have their best interests at the forefront, which of course is not true. So I think it's healthy to have that level of, of hesitation. I do try to put people at ease where possible. And I try to give people as much power over the content as possible, giving them options to cut out talking points, to email me things that that they reflect on and decide they don't want in the final episode. And I will take those things out when I'm editing. And I think that that also helps as well. I think being independent and having that freedom, which you've mentioned, Dan, you know, not having to, I, I don't have a producer. I don't have a director. I don't have somebody telling me like, what we need to focus on is sex scandals in a cult like you know salacious headlines that might sell i know i know the bbc don't use the word cult and i know that they might be a bit more sensitive and person centered with their stuff but if you're looking at things like channel 4 if you're looking at things like um netflix for example who are coming under fire at the moment for releasing a recent documentary called orgasm inc on the group one taste they have footage in that documentary of individuals who are naked and they did not seek out consent from those individuals to use that footage and those people are now coming forward saying netflix you are the people that are abusing us because you have our naked bodies on screen without our permission so I think there is a very fine line to tread with YouTube. It's very difficult because if you want to grow your YouTube channel, you have to be using clickbaity titles. You have to be using quirky imagery and graphics. Um, so it's it's really hard to tread that line between being sensitive and also telling the whole story in a, in a way that is is not going to be offensive to the guest. But that is my whole hope for the show is that that individuals feel empowered by coming on the show and they don't leave feeling like they're re-traumatized and they don't leave feeling like I've done a disservice to them by navigating the interview in a way that gets answers that I think should they should be telling well yeah I mean that's that's the thing isn't it it's the freedom of a podcast is a little bit better I mean you still you can still get obviously dump on Spotify or, or Apple iTunes or whatever. Uh, if you do say, say or do the wrong thing, I mean, we put a 30 second clip of a bit of music out and suddenly we're uh, getting tromped on by uh, Spotify. So uh, we have to be careful. But um, if you, if you're the BBC, you have to have balance and you have to have both sides of the argument, which, which waters down the whole message. What you, you know, this, this man has murdered three people, but uh, on the other side, you know, what, there is no other side, but they have to have some sort of balance. Yeah, oh, you know, it's just, it doesn't work. So it, it's, it's often better to have that. Uh, obviously if something is an, if somebody has been an evil person, 
you need to show them in an evil light and say, look, you know, this is what you have done is evil. You can't be padding it out by saying, well, you know, but you know, he had a bad childhood and you know, he was be abused as a kid himself. Yes, that may be the case, but it doesn't, you know, mean that what he's done is any, you know, you can't balance that out with anything. No, Paul, so, I completely uh, so, yeah, agree. It's, it's... I do agree with that. And I got accused the other day of being a narcissistic journalist because I only present one-sided views. And my response to that was that if individuals are having such positive experiences in the groups that they are associated with, they can go and celebrate themselves and their group and their community in that group. The people that I'm speaking to have not had space to talk their truth, have not had space to speak out, have had everything stripped away from them, whether it's body autonomy, whether it's finances, whether it's their free time, uh, whether it's their voice. And so the community that we are creating with the podcast is the polar opposite of that group's community. They can go and bolster each other in that space. They have that space. The people that are coming to talk about the negative experiences that they've had in that space don't have that. And that's what we're giving on the show. So now I don't need to present both sides of the story. and I'm not interested in inviting people on to come and give a, uh, you know, the other the other side. You know, I'm not I'm not interested in that. No, this is rightly so. When, when you've got a subject uh, as obviously um, the subject is, is so bad. You can't have another side to the argument of that. You've got to help the people that have been affected by it. And that's that's precisely what you do. So anyway, let's move on to some conspiracy theories. That's what we're all here for. <laughs> Dan, have you got any decent conspiracy theories that maybe uh, maybe we haven't heard of before? By any uh, chance? I don't know how to use the word decent. I've got conspiracy theories, uh, but I don't know if they're good. Um, but um, you, know, you, you joked that you hadn't heard any recent ones, but this one uh, sort of just started at the tail end of 2020. And it's called The Great Reset. Anyone already heard of that or mentioned it? Other than Paul, because uh, I sent him the link. <laughs> tell us more, right? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get a chance to read it. <laughs> No. The the Great Reset was uh, in June uh, 2020, there was a speech given by the then uh, Prince of Wales and uh, the head of the uh, Davos Summit uh, for sort of world economies and things like that, saying that in the light of the pandemic, we should probably take a, a fresh look at the way society is, is ordered, uh, that, you know, uh, our reliance on fossil fuels, it doesn't need to be that way because people can now work in their jobs from home and almost deliver the same sort of service. So, you know, the reliance on cars and, and things like this doesn't need to happen. So we could go to renewable energies and, and maybe make a shift that way. And the economics of the future could change because we could restructure it and make it a little bit fairer and distribute much quicker because of the age of the internet making it far easier. A fairly reasonable statement. You know, we've gone through this massive global pandemic. Maybe we should think, rethink how we live our lives in a much more healthier and uh, pragmatic sort of way. Uh, only for uh, <laughs> large groups of conspiracy theorists to leap onto this, who used to be part of the New World Order way of things, where a select group of people run everything in the, around the world and said, oh, this is proof that actually they haven't been running everything all along. They are now setting out their plans to run everything all along. Uh, so, so I'm not entirely sure whether they realize that they're now contradicting everything they've been saying for the last 50 or to 500 years depending on 
which part of the new world order you believe in. Um, but they were thing, uh, things like, uh, you know, this is all why we have to get the vaccines because you have to be microchipped. And then everything then feeds into that. Oh, if we're microchipped, we are more trackable. If we're more trackable, we can restructure the society and blah, 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 blah. Everything kind of feeds into it. But the big reset is kind of the, the shift you know, when we used to call propaganda as, um, you know, fake news, now it's instead of New World Order, it's Great Reset. It's just a new sort of rebranding for the conspiracy theorists. And I just wondered, you know, what people's thoughts were on that. If anything needs a, a Great Reset at the moment, is this this whole world, doesn't it? We need a big button that we can press <laughs> and just reset the whole thing, start again. But you're in on it then. That's it. You're in charge of the whole uh, reset. I, th I think, well, I think the problem is that the big red button is with Putin at the moment. He's certainly going to reset the world if, you, if we're not careful. <laughs> but you mentioned um, you mentioned Prince Charles there. I mean, did, did you know? I mean, the other thing is, I, I just want to say that conspiracy theory is the wrong name, is the wrong word that we should be using. It's conspiracy hypotheses, <laughs> because a theory is a proven thing, whereas a, a hypothesis is an idea, and that's what most things are. They're ideas that there are conspiracies out there. Uh, so uh, this uh, hypothesis says that Prince Charles is a vampire. No. Now, it's a bit old because he's now King Charles, but um, he's still a vampire. Because uh, basically, uh, people have been looking at him and, and his whole family, they don't like to come out in the light. They have to have parasols to cover them and make sure that the skin is all covered up and everything. Because most of the um, the royal family has, and I, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, porphyria, which is um, uh, uh, caused by an iron deficiency, which makes a person's skin sensitive to daylight, uh, which means that they're vampires, basically. So the whole royal family of vampires, so that makes King Charles a vampire. Get behind that. <laughs> That's right. So, Sean, have you got any uh, conspiracy theories that you've heard of recently? Or no, you, but uh... what I do have is this promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. The Hitchhiker's Guide to Podcasting has this to say about the weekly Earth Station One podcast. Mildly entertaining. Not nearly as exciting as the popping of bubble wrap, but slightly better than listening to Vogon poetry. Be mildly entertained by Mike and Mike as they tackle an assortment of geeky topics each week. Check out the Earth Station One podcast and let your inner geek out to play. Smooth. <laughs> Not bad, eh? Nice. <laughs> Every week, every week, he, he has to get in the, the promo. So we're all talking away and then suddenly it'll be, and you know what else doesn't use McDonald's? This promo for it. Where did that come from? You know, just, whatever we were talking about at the time, he, he manages to squeeze it in. There's been a couple of times when he's been he's fallen asleep and we've gone on too long and we thought, hang on, we haven't had a promo yet. It happens, it happens. But yeah, no, I, the whole week was spent moving and unpacking, so I haven't had a chance to do anything. No, that, that's that's fair. Um. But uh, the, the, the um, did, did you know that the uh, the song uh, by Don McLean, "American Pie," predicts the satanic communist takeover of of the of the United Tell States? Me more. Well, some theorists, hypotheticists, <clears throat> uh, believe that the famous song that uh, goes "Bye Bye Miss American Pie" actually predicts the satanic communist takeover of the United States. If you need to, you can read it again because yes, some people truly believe that this statement makes perfect sense if you read uh, into the lyrics. Um, now, I haven't actually read the lyrics recently, so I, I haven't had time to actually go through it. But so, you know, go, by all means, go and have a look and uh, make up you know, your own mind. Um, but there are people in America who believe that uh, the, the lyrics do predict the coming of Satan uh, 
and make, turning it, the, the United States into a communist uh, state, which I thought had already actually happened when Trump came in, because most of his votes came from Russia. So he was already the head of the communist state. And if anybody is a Satanist, then surely it's got to be him. Um, so um, there, all down to, you know, a 1970s song. Um, so... There you go. I, you'll there. have to. I, I'm not sure which song you mean, Paul. You might need to sing it. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> sing it. It's seven minutes long. I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, this is where we get flagged on Spotify. Now. <laughs> by Miss American Pie. Drove a Chevy to the levee. The levee was dry. No, I get you now. I can, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I, yeah. Now I know which song you mean. You actually recognize it from that. Oh, and while the king was looking down, the justice stole his thorny crown. The courtroom was adjourned. No verdict was returned. And while Lennon read a book on Marx, the quartet practiced in the park. And we sang dirges in the dark today. You know, you can hum that into Google and it will actually bring up the song. No, I used to I wish it. that something like that existed. Yeah, there was... it does. Google does it. If you if you say, hey, Google, what is this song? And then it'll, it'll go listening. And then if you hum, it'll pick it up. Mine, I, I hummed one. I could not for the life of me remember it. And I vaguely got the tune right. It was awful when I was doing it. But it was third on the list. I couldn't believe it actually found it. That is so good. Just Google turn around and yeah. say, I think you'll find it sounds like this, Paul. And then just actually play <laughs> yes. the proper. I'm sorry, our data banks are not that old. <laughs> the 1970s song I was looking for. But yes, it did it. I was absolutely gobsmacked when I saw that. <laughs> I'm sure they're just listening so that you can then they can then say, hey, you're really good. We'll give you a contract or something. So maybe it's worth keep singing, keep singing. Um, the other one, uh, the other one I found that um, the Disney uh, film Frozen uh, was was specifically called Frozen for a reason. Did, did you know what the reason was? Oh. Well, every time um, that people type in um, Disney Frozen to try and find out whether uh, Walt Disney has been cryogenically frozen, uh, you know, it leads them off into different websites and things. And they thought, well, to stop that. We will call our latest Disney film Frozen so that when people search for it, it'll come up Disney Frozen and everybody will be singing, let it go, let it go. So that's the reason why they called it Frozen. Otherwise, they'll realise that Walt Disney has been cryogenically frozen. You've been listening to Infinite Monkey Cage, haven't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Infinite Monkey Cage. That's uh, true, though, isn't it? Yeah. Is it true? That, that... It could be. It, it could be. It could be true. <laughs> I mean, me. I'm, I'm so don't, sure I've heard something recently. Yeah, don't like sort of media companies and things like that do things where they they create a false flag, a uh, bit of reporting, you know, a bit of scurrilous. Um, yeah, path. it's called he- it's called hegemony. Hegemony, that's the oh. word I was trying to think of, and and then yeah, just to create search indexes that are so the first page is completely irrelevant to what you're actually looking for. There was um, a computer game which my son was telling me about just before I came on air, and I thought I can't remember what the game was. Now it was um, one of the big ones where you, you know, fight dungeons and go to Dungeons and Dragons and start fighting things. You know, all the things that they only seem to make these days instead of decent <laughs> games. Um, and he said, uh, in the game, there's a horse, and they've called it Torrent, and that's so that when they type in the name of the word, uh, name of the game, and Torrent, they get the horse. <laughs> 
and not a downloadable site where you can download the game illegally. Genius. Mm. So, yes, silly things like that. I did have one more. Where's the other one? Oh, oh lizard people. We expect, you know, the, the invasion of the lizard people. David Icke is uh, very much into this one. You know, reptilian humanoids from the Alpha Draconis star system. I don't know how far away that is, but it must be light years and it must be hundreds of them. So it must have taken them a while to get here. Um, but yes, they, they've, um, throughout history, the world's most famous dynasties and families are working alongside these shape-shifting reptilians. Uh, the list of these encompasses includes the, uh, oh my goodness, Merovingian dynasty, yeah. the Rothschilds, which ironically uh, we'll come back to with Casey in a minute, uh, uh, the Bush family and the British royal family. And so there you go. So they're vampires and uh, reptilians in the, uh, the British royal family. There you go. So anyway, I mentioned Rothschild there, um, Casey. That's a nice little segue into something you were telling me about uh, via email. That's so funny. It's so funny that you said that because it's not plagiarism that I have to worry about. It's cults that I have to worry about. So <laughs> I have to be really careful with how I word things like allegedly or this group <laughs> and this movement um, because then I can't be accused of um, defamation or slander or anything yeah. like that. So, yeah, it's not it's not plagiarism so much. Spotify and Apple yeah. taking my content down. It's Scientology knocking on my front door. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll have Tom Cruise knocking on your front door before you know where you are. So, oh, yeah, I mean, we, I, we, we had a, a podcast where we played a lot of music in it. And I can't remember what it was now. That, that's why I that's why I had to shut down Rusted Robot. That's right. Yeah. And one of them was me. I pinged, I pinged, got you pinged on one of them, didn't I, for th- the last 30 seconds? Because I was keeping everything under 30 seconds. And the last 30 seconds of Blade Runner, uh, mm. where he does, he does that little thing. And then the rights owner of the Korean DVDs, um, of Blade Runner decided to get in touch with us and say, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> Come on. Hmm, Paul, so, but... getting everyone's podcasts cancelled. That's a bit suspect, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I've closed down a bit. Ten forward, waffle on. Um... <laughs> yeah, the uh, rusted robot. Uh... So there was a few things that, that, that you said, Dan, that I thought were quite interesting about your big reset stuff because that's all tied up in a bigger mm-hmm. conspiracy theory the big reset well false news Ooh. was kind of i don't know trademarked invented first said by donald trump and he is the figurehead of the QAnon movement and the big reset with the anti-vax movement is a very big part of that belief system so i thought that that was quite interesting um because I've learned recently that that entire theory and belief system is rehashed versions of other conspiracy theories that have long existed before we were born. So um, I think when you said Mm. there that that they're just renaming certain things that have already been in play, it does make a lot of sense. And then, Paul, what you said about Prince Mm. Charles... I thought you were going to go on to talk about the Prince Philip movement. Have you heard about this? No. <laughs> oh, my god. You mean he's not, he's not dead? <laughs> oh. Well, oh. Yeah. this is the let's, thing, let's... right? So, um, years and years ago, in this really isolated part of the world, in, in Vanuatu, I don't know if that's exactly the right way to say it, um, but... 
Um, let me try and find the exact location. There's a there's a place where a lot of cargo cults exist, and uh, uh, I don't know if you know what cargo cults are, but they became a lot of a big thing when missionaries would head over to sort of unknown territory in in really isolated parts of the world and they would take cargo over there um, and they would give supplies to individuals that they would find living in these tribes um, and the cargo was said to be sent to them from prophets and deities and if they were to dedicate their lives to worshipping the people within the group then they would continue continue to receive these supplies so one day um this group becomes aware of prince philip they have a picture of him and they worship prince philip he is their absolute god deity figurehead he is everything to them they have um yearly celebrations where they put out feasts um and they believe that when prince philip dies he will be reincarnated and he will be returned to his motherland, which is their land, their tribe land. He actually went to visit this group and it was like the biggest historical celebration for them. You can see there's Carl Pilkington went to to spend time with them. And you can see there's actually a documentary that follows the group around and they have a translator and they talk about how Prince Philip became their deity, what he means to them. And after he died, they had like, weeks of silent mourning where they waited for Prince Philip to return and after he didn't they declared that there'd been a mistake and that their true figurehead is Prince Charles who is now king he's a king so of course that makes sense so that's the Prince Philip movement and I thought when you said um Prince Charles I thought you were going to go into the fact that you know Prince Charles is he's a a, a person that cannot die and will be returned to his motherland uh, when he is reincarnated into his, you know, he's just in a vessel right now. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's the Prince Philip movement. You can oh, go wow. and read all about them. Yeah, really interesting. I did oh, a, an episode on on that a long time ago, so I don't remember the exact details, but I remember being really interested by it. So, um, yeah, so that was quite a little interesting <laughs> little twist there on on the royal family. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So the lizards, um, the <laughs> vampires, vampires, mm. uh, the deities, vampire gods, yeah, mm-hmm. lizard vampire gods, yeah, yeah, gods, right. yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's a TV series in this somewhere. Yeah, that's the new new season of Stargate coming <laughs> yes. soon. So um, here's a question: if, if you could start a conspiracy theory, with, what would you start? What would you try and create as a conspiracy theory i think everything has already been (laughs) done at this point i i think it's i think it's wild um talking about rothschild um i recently got the opportunity to sit down and interview a journalist and conspiracy theorist debunker Mike Rothschild, who has written a book called The Storm is Upon Us, how QAnon became a movement, cult, and conspiracy theory of everything. 
And the book is so comprehensive. It breaks down the QAnon movement from the very, very, very beginnings with the Q drops and 4chan all the way through to splinter groups that have come off with people. You know, there's a woman in Canada, Sean. I don't know if you know about this Digilo woman who claims to be like the queen of Canada and she's telling people not to get vaccinated and to take up arms and she's telling people not to pay their energy bills because the 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 great reset is upon us. So, you know, there's no point wasting your money and people are actually having their power turned off in their houses because they're listening to this woman. And then you've got this guy in America who's leading his own subgroup where they're lying in the streets of Dallas, Texas, waiting for JFK and JFK Jr. to drive down, you know, the main strip because they never actually died. And it's all related to QAnon. So Mike Rothschild does an excellent job at really looking at QAnon in meticulous detail and kind of a bird's eye view as well. And and really like looks at where the theories came from, how they've changed over time, how they've been renamed Donald Trump's actual involvement in the group. And then just completely debunks the group and shows you why it's not why it's not true, any of it you know, the Q drops that are taken as absolute truth by the followers of Q. Um, like where we go one, we go all is a saying that they use because it was etched on the boat of of someone prominent who's supposed to be involved. That wasn't even what was written on the boat. So there's all of these things that, you know, that that Mike trails back to and makes you realize how wild everything is. And he said, and I thought this was great, he said that a conspiracy, and I've I've got the definition here that he told me, he said that a conspiracy is a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. So when you think about MKUltra, we know that that happened. We know that there were experiments taking place that the government had funded, that the government had given the green light to, that they were getting the results for. People were horrifically treated. And this all came out years later. Watergate, we know that that is a conspiracy that absolutely happened. A conspiracy theory, quite similar to what you were saying earlier, Paul, about a conspiracy hypothesis. A, th- a theory is just something that somebody thinks could have happened, like 9-11 being an inside job. But actually, there are ways to go back and look at how uh, a string of really unfortunate events all happening around the same time as each other does not mean that it was a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. So, that was my discussion with with Mike Rothschild about his book on QAnon, The Storm Is Upon Us. Um, and then I did open the interview by saying, you're not related to the Rothschild banking family by any chance. And he is not. So, um, yeah, interesting that his <laughs> next book is is actually about the banking family, though. But I did have to start with that question. And that was a very short um, episode, wasn't it? So are you uh, do you have lots of money? No. Oh, and that's the end of the interview. Thank you very much. <laughs> What's really funny though about about that is that when um when Mike is researching conspiracy theories, he goes to all of the places, this the 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 really strange places on the internet where you will find 
all of those conversations. And when he looks up conspiracy theories with Rothschild in, he'll find a ton of stuff about the banking family and then loads of conspiracy theories about himself because he's trying to debunk QAnon. (laughs) So all of the Q followers are on the internet like... Well, Rothschild's in- involved in all of this, and it, it's really, yeah, it's really wild. It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. Some people just oh, don't like to be wow. proved wrong, and, and and well, no, not some people. Everybody doesn't like to be wrong. You know, we all like to be right. We all like to think we're right, but there are some people who just will not believe that they are wrong, even when they are shown things. So, just yep. to quickly say, a hypothesis is an assumption made before any research has been done. Right, it is formed so that uh, it can be tested to see if it might be true. A theory is a principle formed to explain things already shown in data. So the uh, theory of relativity, there is data there. The theory uh, is basically uh, formed to explain that theory to, to explain that data. But the hypothesis is an assumption. So therefore, uh, conspiracy theory is not right. It's a, it's it's a conspiracy hypothesis. Because a lot of the stuff you can't prove, it's just based yep. on assumption. Yeah, and you're 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 completely on the money uh, when you say that you know you you can't tell people that they're wrong, even if they're shown that they're wrong. Because Trump lost the presidency, and he didn't lose the presidency; it was stolen from him. That's right. That's yeah, poor man. Yeah, terrible, disgusting, and and you know, the, of course, as soon as they were shown you know, that there was links to the Russian, uh, you know, presidents, and it could be that he that he affected the results of, of Florida and various other states as well. Nothing's mentioned about that. No, oh, no. no. And in terms of your um, question on Christmas conspiracy theories, you said, can you, can you? look at some Christmas conspiracy theories. And I didn't have a lot of time um, because this was yesterday, Paul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we, I, um... well, we'd, we'd all looked at each other and went, we haven't got anything. Uh, just our to- total normal preparation for this podcast. You know, the last minute, before the day before. Oh, God, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> We've had a month well, to, to get ready for this one. <laughs> I decided that my go-to would be to, first of all, just put a tweet out and see if anyone happened to know of anything loosely related to um <laughs> to Christmas conspiracy theories. And then I decided to go on R slash conspiracy theories on Reddit, which of course is a gold mine. And I did actually get some responses. So despite me saying, um, does anybody know of any Christmas conspiracy theories? Brackets, please don't say Christianity because that's not helpful. The large amount of responses that I got was baby Jesus wasn't um he wasn't conceived immaculately so um yeah that was the biggest response I got a lot of people are saying that that should be the conspiracy theory that's focused on for Christmas yeah but, but don't tell Joseph though don't tell Joseph <laughs> yeah no he still he still he, he still believes all of it all of it <laughs> <laughs> he's still waiting on his 23 and me <laughs> results that's what it is he's a god he's a lizard god oh crying out loud. um there was a few there was a few that i'll just um read out and then and then um that's all that i have so momo 519 said i have one don't know if you'll like this it's the origin of christmas the origin of christmas is the ancient worship of the stars and sun and moon especially the sun since on December 21st, this is the winter solstice, which is the shortest day because the sun moves a degree south every day before December the 21st. And on that day, it stops moving any degrees south 
and doesn't move for three days until December 25th, which means then it starts moving a degree north again, signifying longer and warmer days, which is also the story of the Bible Asyrotheology. Asyrotheology. Astrophilogophy? I'm not it's, sure. It's not. And the Santa Claus as something authophy. Um, and the Santa Claus part of Christmas was invented because of mushrooms that were taken by Amanita muscaria. So I think that's interesting because what Momo519 has done is offered an answer to the Bible, the Bible's timeline, and Christmas as a celebration around things we know about the winter and summer solstice. So when I asked for a conspiracy theory, I didn't ask for a debunking of one, but that's what I was given. And I thought that that was quite cool. So thank you, Momo519. And then, of course, there is the actual thing. where It is the winter solstice and a a lot of um, pagans obviously celebrated that time. And Christian, Christians came over, you know, uh, you know, marched away through Europe and what have you, uh, realizing that this was going on and they needed a way to sort of banish all the pagan stuff and get the Christianity message across. So they hijacked it and basically said, oh, yes, but Jesus was born. This is his birthday was on the 25th. We're going to have it now. He was born in the middle of June or July. He was never born anywhere near winter. So um, you know, it's just it was a you know a, a religious thing. Yeah. Rebranding. Yes. It's rebranding. It's the yeah. The Great Reset. There we go. A lot of people did come back to me with responses regarding paganism and imagery, symbolism across Christmas time. And that's why a lot of fundamentalist Christian groups won't use any iconography of traditional Christmas. No Christmas trees, no decorations. Kids don't take part in making Christmas cards and 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 that sort of thing. So, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, kids will be taken out of class. Um, even through things like the Pledge of Allegiance, we'll be asked to go and sit in a corridor and wait outside until that part of the lesson is over. Or we'll just sit down still and quiet while the other children take part in the Pledge of Allegiance over in America. And that can be quite alienating for, for kids because they're immediately othered which makes them strange and kids can be a bit mean with things that they don't understand so yeah uh, this week leading up to Christmas in school I was always just making those snowflake chains where you cut out little bits and hope that it makes like a really pretty shape and it's always really naff but you'd hang it up anyway and uh, you know glitter with star shapes and and Christmas trees decorations to stick on the tree Kids, kids uh, these days involved in certain religious groups will be pulled out and and will just have to study in an empty room while kids take part in watching Christmas films and Christmas parties. And it's quite strange, I think. Other, other cultures and other countries which will actually celebrate every religious um, uh, holiday and, and celebration um, as, you know, to keep everything diverse and, and to keep everybody um like in the likes of singapore where it is multicultural everybody celebrates diwali everybody celebrates chinese new year everybody celebrates christmas it just means that if you're a hang on my print is printing out because my wife's printing stuff out at the moment she's downstairs print merrily printing away and i'm trying to podcast it um 
Yeah, I mean, because when when um, you know everybody says right Christmas holidays in Singapore, they they you know the Christians all bugger off, and then all the Muslims move in and, and do the overtime while the Christians are on holiday, and then while Diwali's on, it's you know it's the other way around. It's Chinese New Year, they get you know Malaysians come in and do it. You know, it's 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 so well organised over there, and everybody celebrates everything. They don't rip each other apart. So. And that's a really interesting segue into uh, another conspiracy theory that someone directed me towards, and that is the war on Christmas. So has anybody heard mm. about the war on Christmas? Dan, you're shaking your head. It kind yeah. of fits in with the Great mm. Reset. It's, yeah, it's been cancelled. for all right, yes. Well, there's been a few things that have happened. Mm. So with the kind of, um, with the widespread phenomena that is, QAnon, uh, with things like the Great Reset. There's also been the war, the war on Christmas, which has existed for a really, really long time. It's just that now there's so many different things you can latch on to that. And it's all linking back to, at the moment, the Make America Great Again campaign with the red heart that says MAGA, you know, that, that people are selling for so much money online because people are profiting off of this propaganda, the you know, and all this stuff about Trump. <laughs> well, it's it's been it's been proven, and it's in Mike's book, which is the only reason I know that. Um, but but yeah, I thought so too. But the reason, like today, I was researching R. Kelly, and the reason that Apple and Spotify and YouTube kept his content up up for so long was because during the controversies, people were going to listen to his music more than they were before. So they waited until the very, very, very last minute to cancel him from all of their platforms because they were making money from it. They didn't care what he was being accused of. And this is the same with all of the Trump stuff, even though the insurrection happened, the storm on Capitol Hill, even though people are dying, even though people are being involved in mass shootings, which are all being linked back to QAnon, people are shilling all of this QAnon related stuff. And it's similar to the war on Christmas. So um, a lot of the MAGA individuals were in uproar a few years back because Starbucks, who have always been known to have um, a very... Uh, colourful Christmas cups that people would collect each year. The Christmas edition of the Starbucks Cup 2020, 2021. One year, they released just a plain red one, just a plain red cup. And the maggas were in uproar because they were like, people are trying to take away our Christmas. You need to put the Christmas trees and the stars back on that cup, which is really funny because a lot of these people are also evangelical Christians who are like, no Christmas trees in our house. So <laughs> that really sparked an uproar with the war on Christmas. And then people are like, stop using the term happy holidays. We are not inclusive. We want to celebrate Christmas here, but not let our kids celebrate Christmas here. And they are also saying that COVID was a conspiracy to take Christmas back. They were trying to get everything cancelled. They were trying to cancel Christmas gatherings. They were trying to cancel Christmas shopping. They were trying to stop everybody from getting together and celebrating and getting their Christmas trees up. And it's just really funny because they are also saying that COVID is for the Great Reset. And they're also saying that COVID is, you know, so that people don't go out and vote. So which is it? So there is a big conspiracy about the war on Christmas. And why we should not be saying happy holidays and why we should be saying Merry Christmas. You know, some people say, oh, they want us to say happy holidays because they want us to be inclusive. 
But then other people are saying, well, actually, it's happy holidays because we have Christmas. We have Thanksgiving in some parts of the world. We have New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. It is actually a holiday period. There's lots of different things that are happening. So there is the war on Christmas as a conspiracy theory. Um, and then I had one more left to offer you, but I didn't know if any of you had any thought. America is becoming more communist and more Russian because America's you know land of the free. They can say whatever they like. They can do whatever they like. They can have guns. They can you know they can go around shooting each other. They can do all sorts of things, but they can't celebrate Christmas because you know people are telling them they can't celebrate Christmas. They're trying to you know put that down. You're not allowed to have guns. You are allowed to have guns. You're not allowed to. Um, uh, fly, fly planes. Uh, you, you are allowed to fly planes. You, you know, everybody's being told you can and can't do stuff by half of the country. So along comes Trump, and he starts saying, uh, "Oh yes, you, you know, you, you, can, you can do this, but you can't do that. You can't do this." And he's telling everybody what you can and can't do. The the all of the um, the uh, elections are rigged, um, especially in Florida with the, with the Russians getting involved and more communism sleep, slipping in through that way. Um, they they actually um, don't allow you to earn what you want because they cap American football players' um, earnings to a certain uh, degree, so they're not allowed to earn more, you know, and they can't move from one place to another to earn um, earn more money uh, because the, the the team that they might want to go to can say, well, sorry, we don't have enough money to pay you, so we can't do that. Uh, it will go over our budget. We are capped. We're not allowed to spend all this money. And yet that's a very communist sort of attitude. This is America. You're supposed to allow, be allowed to do anything and spend any amount of money you want to do on all these things. Uh, all of these cults that are coming up, you know, land of the free, we can say anything. No, you can't. They're all getting uh, chopped down. You're not allowed to, uh, you know, to, to hold uh, women and, and rape them. You're not allowed to do that. It's all being stamped down by the government. You're not allowed to do anything in, in, in America. It's becoming very communist. So. What do you think, Sean? Do you, do you, I mean, these are your neighbours. I feel like America, I mean, this probably happens everywhere, but I feel like America's always been a a really interesting um, display of polarising people against each other. Well, I live right on the border. So you just go across the bridge and you're in the States right there. And uh, we tread lightly because, yeah, they have guns. We don't. Yeah, but the beauty, so. the beauty, the beauty of that, though, Sean, is, is they have handguns. And machine guns, which have a limited range, Canadians have rifles that can go a longer distance. So you can pick them off from across your side of the country, and they'd have to come running over the bridge and get close to you before they could shoot you. There is that, I guess. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> you could turn it into a sport, hunt them like elk or moose or whatever you have over there. You have moose stone. That does sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> I I personally think, and I'm only going to say a little bit about this because it's quite political, but I personally think that America is leaning more towards a theocracy than anything else. Ooh. Interesting. I think mm. that Christian nationalism yeah. is trying to take over the country. I think they're trying to make it like Gilead in The Handmaid's Tale. They're trying to take away women's rights. They're trying to take away gay rights. They're trying to take away everything that the LGBTQIA plus community has fought for. They're trying to put in laws that make anybody helping trans individuals illegal and throw them in prison for life. 
it is wild over there at the moment and it is all dogmatic and i really do feel like even though it's written into the constitution that that can never happen that that's exactly what's going to happen because even members of the supreme court are leaning that way and uh, i think that that there's a reckoning coming and it's and it's going to take on a religious form yeah i think you're you're not far wrong i think um, uh, it's amazing how many people are religious over there. I mean, there's a higher proportion over there than there is over here. That's for certain. Yes. I mean, it's well over. I think it's well over fifty percent, isn't it? I mean, it's it's it's. A, there is a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, the most recent uh, census, just a, uh, two months ago, was that it's the first time that Christianity has dropped below a certain percentage in this country since you know, year dot since the first census. So that we are now officially a a, a pantheistic, uh, lots of religion country rather than a christian country we cannot anymore describe ourselves as a christian country because we have dropped below oh, this, this given percentage that's it <laughs> it's that war it's keeping going the, the closest thing i got to that was um, that uh, there are two again it's this sort of contradiction between the two camps of new world order that there's one that says that santa is a tool of the illuminati it, you know, it's just the figurehead for that's why we spend so much at Christmas, because that's what promotes. And that's why every company has the, the Coca-Cola Red Santa now, because that was the agreed upon iconography by the, the five people who ruled the world. And then there's the other people who say, well, actually, the, the basically the Christian far right, who are saying, well, if you rearrange the letters of Santa, yes. you spell Satan. And that's <laughs> and he's red, you know, uh, you know. And rather than a pitchfork, he's carrying a bag because he's going to steal your children or something like that. You know, it's it's going to be that sort of thing. They just take the same iconography and build a different narrative around it. Um, and that's the closest thing I got to sort of you know, the war on Christmas. But uh, I think it's the most fascinating, just the idea that, you know, something that is on every advert all the time, 24-7 for the four weeks of that we celebrate Christmas uh, in the Western culture. And yet they say there's a war on it. It's It's so fascinating to say that why they have that argument when it's right in your face it's in your phone it's on your phone feed all, you all can't the time. escape it i saw one thing on reddit that said the only war on christmas needs to be that we force it back into december only because it's like <laughs> yes. creeping into october now yeah. it's, it's getting it's getting wild it really and another is. thing i saw that i thought was quite interesting which kind of goes back to what you just said then dan is that Santa Claus is a bastardization of Saint Nick. And Saint Nick, of course, is a saint, which goes back to being in support of religion. So I think, you know, you can just keep jumping backwards and forwards, guns, anti-guns, you know, blue, red, uh, which is funny because over here, our red for me is the good guys and and certainly not over in america so yeah i think there's there's just a lot of polarization i think there's a lot of i think there's there's just a lot of discontented people at the moment there's 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 just so many different crises happen happening all around people and there's also things like we've just lived through a pandemic you know when was the last pandemic like the spanish flu in like the 1920s i mean i think there's probably (laughs) hardly any people alive today that lived through the spanish flu and can remember it Mm. so um i think you know we are really living in unprecedented times and um i wonder what they'll say about all of this in like years to come and when they're teaching the kids in history (laughs) classes and stuff i wonder what they'll say about trump 
Well, uh, he grabbed um, he grabbed her by the pussy, probably. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, it's similar to what they say about Bill Clinton, um, but. I mean, you were saying about the pandemic there back in the 1920s. Well, yeah, it's around that time anyway. Uh, of course, there was uh, they they'd had uh, the, the Spanish flu, uh, the First World War, and also the Great Depression, and that's basically what's happening now. So we, we've had the uh, the pandemic, we've had the we're getting into the depression, and soon there'll be a Third World War because Putin's kicking off. And it's basically they are actually all linked. The way things happen and the way things come around, they do tend to link themselves together. So you will get that, and you'll you you will see it again at some point. There'll be a pandemic, and then it'll all start kicking off again. There'll be the depression after it, and there'll always be somebody there trying to not you know ready to jump down somebody else's throat and get get a bit of land that they think they're entitled to. Yeah. Uh, or to recruit people to their mystical yoga group that's going to save the world and costs £500 every six months for a subscription. Yes. (laughs) What's the name of this group? I might just uh, just have a look. Funny enough, I was just listening to uh, um, uh, Phil Collins' song the other day, um, Jesus, He Knows Me. And that's all about uh, evangelicalistic uh, Americans you know, uh, send me your money, send me your money, and I need $18 million to, uh, you know, so I can build this huge mansion to all in the name of the Lord and all that. It's, it's a great song. It just takes the piss out. Really, really good. Casey's looking up Phil Collins now going, who's Phil Collins? No, I do know Genesis and Phil Collins, but um, I, I, if you were to keep going with people around that time, I think eventually I'd be like, mm, no, you've lost yeah. me. It was actually um, 1992 at um down towards uh, London Way, I think it is. Um, uh, we were at the concert there. There was, well, I estimate we were a quarter of a mile away from the actual stage purely on the time it was taking the sound for him to sing to us to arrive to it was a big big uh, concert massive it was like uh, like um oh what's the big one uh, down in devon or cornwall that way biggest concert glastonbury glastonbury yeah it was like that you you, you mean like glastonbury yeah. down in glastonbury yeah that's the one in that place i was trying to think where it is i couldn't remember the county is it devon or cornwall i can't remember might not even be any of them um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, so I wasn't even born then, but it sounds like it was um, amazing. I don't think I've ever been. I don't think I've ever been to one of those concerts where people will be like, "Whoa, that was like the last time they played or the biggest mm. show that they did." I do remember actually one time I was on the Xbox and I was gaming with this this random guy who was like a friend of a friend, and he was like, he joined our game and he was talking to us and it was like three o'clock in the morning. I was like, I was like 15, 16. And this guy was like, yeah, I've got tickets to the Michael Jackson concert and I'm so excited. And and then on that call, he was like, oh, my mates have just texted me telling me that Michael Jackson's in a coma. They're so funny. Um, he was from London. So, you know, he's like, oh, it's, they're so funny. They're so funny. And then um, <laughs> it turned out that Michael Jackson actually was in a coma and we were all in this Xbox Live call 
when it was announced that that he died and this guy was like oh my god i was supposed to go and see him and he was so excited he was talking about how michael jackson was his hero and it was like a really badly scripted like sitcom episode but it was actually happening oh. and uh, and so i'll never go to michael jackson's last concert but i will hear what it feels like for a guy to be told that he will also never be going mm. to a michael jackson concert which yeah. is quite wild i know how that feels we got we had tickets to go and see peter k and then he decided not to uh, to do it he packed it in oh, is he, he did. he's cancelled he's just announced that he was going back on tour hasn't he no that's right he has and we tried to get tickets for that and we were seventy eight thousandth in the queue for eleven thousand tickets oh yes. my goodness in, and that's just wow. one venue so uh yeah there was he's put more he's put a lot more dates on but uh, it's just not worth it just not worth the hassle of waiting for it and then looking for more tickets I'm, i you know he was yeah, he lost his magic by the time because we all got refunds. But we said, well, if he comes back again, can't he just let us say, right, the first people who get tickets will be the ones that didn't get it last time? So, but no, he just put it out to anybody and everybody who wants it. But by that time, he, he'd become cult status. You know, he was he was big back then. He's even bigger now. So, uh, yeah, got no, we we actually said we could join a queue um, and be seventy eighth in the queue uh, for twenty twenty six. So we could actually sort of start queuing now and get tickets. Yeah, you could live through um, you could live wow. through a whole other pandemic in that amount of time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have any of those moments though. You know, um, oh, I do remember where I was when when the Twin Towers event was was announced. Mm-hmm. I do remember. I do remember mm-hmm. that. I was in school and they sent everyone home. But I don't remember things like where was I when Princess Diana died and. Um, and where was I when Elvis died? I mean, th- these are like huge moments in history, like when JFK was assassinated, oh, no, when Marilyn Monroe was found oh, dead. <laughs> so, yeah. I... Elvis died. We were just that. waiting for it. Know. Elvis died when the invention we, of the uh, train. We, had, we were on a canal boat uh, in um, uh, one of the Leeds Liverpool Canal uh, on holiday. Um, what was the other one? Oh, Diana died. I was actually um, driving home from whether it was work or, or at the shops or something. And I got back to the house and my wife was waiting for me on the doorstep and she said, you know, Princess Diana's died. And I said, surely you mean like, you know, she said, oh, the Prince, Princess of Wales has died. And I said, surely you mean the Prince of Wales? And I said, no, <laughs> Princess of Wales. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, that was those two. <laughs> JFK was before I was born. <laughs> Just by two years. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's the line we found yeah. the line in the I can't stand. remember the moon landings but I, I was go. talking to my cousin who, who <laughs> rather annoyingly said oh yeah I remember when your uh, your dad came around to our house to watch the moon landings because we had the TV and then and, or colour TV and you only had the black and white I was, how did you get to stay up you're only a year older than me god I was almost <laughs> four he was probably five he was allowed to stay up and I wasn't god dear dear my dad didn't take me around to my cousin's house to see that disgraceful Sean, do you have any? Do you remember any any prominent figures in uh, in entertainment passing away? Not passing, not passing away. But when um, OJ was in the white van going down the highway, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Oh. Watching that on the big screen mm. at uh, somebody's house, yeah, that was, uh, that was huge. You just have a black glove in your hand as well. <laughs> no, that's a that's a dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, the dog actually moved with you, or is this some, no, no. This some stray dog that you've picked up? Yeah, some stray. So the last one I had to to tell you that I thought was quite interesting because it it links to a recent 
group that I've covered on my Patreon. And this, I didn't realize this at the time. I didn't realize that they linked. But now that I have looked at it, it's really interesting. So somebody said that Sanat Kumara is actually Santa Claus. Sanat Kumara is an advanced being at the cosmic level of initiation who is regarded as the, as the Lord or Regent of Earth and of humanity. He is thought to be the head of the spiritual hierarchy of Earth who dwells in Shambhala, also known as the city of Enoch. According to the adherents to the ascended master teachings, Shambhala is a floating city manifested on the etheric plane somewhere above the Gobi Desert in the borderlands of Mongolia. Ooh, so that's what it is. And then you read the lyrics. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. And that is interesting because those teachings come from a group called the Great White Brotherhood. Now, it sounds dodgy. It's just an unfortunate name. It's nothing to do with white supremacy. <laughs> it's actually a group of individuals who believe that they are perfect beings they believe that they are perfected humans and that it is their responsibility to continue the legacy of perfect humans and the great white brotherhood is led by sanat kumara who who founded the group hundreds of years ago and still leads it today because he uses or they perhaps use avatars to exist in this plane when actually they come from Shambhala, which is an etheric plane in the Gobi Desert, above the Gobi Desert. So the Great White Brotherhood had a lot of teachings that came around during the big New Age movement and esotericism movement, which is all linked to... Uh, Madame Blavatsky, Alistair Crowley uh, is really heavily linked to the Knights Templar and everything to do with the Crusades leading up through the Knights Templar changes through history because a, a, a big once they got disbanded, the night the the official Knights Templar, which we know existed, you know, they were kind of like contracted by you know the Catholic Church, and then they were like, no, you have too much money and power now, you're not allowed to be. Then they went dormant. Well, they 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 disappeared for years, and then supposedly this list of people uh, that were the heirs to the Knights Templar was found by this guy who happened to be on this list of people that were heirs to the Knights Templar. Um, so he restarted it as the head of the Knights Templar. And then this other guy, Joseph de Mambro, he was like, oh, yeah, my name is also on that list. So he teamed up with a guy called Luke Jarret, and together they created a group called the Order of the Solar Temple, which is an infamous cult that ended with the murder-suicide of so many people. But what they included in their teachings was that they were perfected human beings and it was their job to, well, it was it was Joseph de Mumbro's job because he was the only one that could do it, to pair individuals in his inner circle to be together 
to birth children that were going to be perfected human beings that would be responsible for ushering in the new age. And the vessel that they had to do that was Joseph de Mombro's own daughter, Emanuela, who he decreed was basically Sanat Kumara. So he took all of the teachings of the Great White Brotherhood, put it into the Order of the Solar Temple, along with loads of other esoteric teachings, Egyptology, New Age movements, the Age of Aquarius. And and uh, yeah, his followers, they, they, they lapped it all up. And so I just thought that that was really interesting that Tenacious on r slash conspiracy theories got back to me about this teaching from the Great White Brotherhood and how Sanat Kumara might actually be Santa Claus. And it links back to a lot of other groups that have just, as Dan said earlier, rehashed and stolen things from each other and applied it to their own rhetoric, their own dogma, their own teachings and skewed it in a way that really only benefited them. Wow. That is horribly, horribly creepy mm. to say that, yeah, we are absolutely perfect human beings and we are going to, you know, obviously people will come to us to, you know, to, you know, to, they want to be, you know, part of this movement and we will basically have, they will have our babies and they will be perfect. And we know when you're sleeping here. We know when you're good. We know when you're bad. You know, just, yeah, okay, fine. That is just so, so, so creepy. Yep, it is. It is. Oh. And tragically, mm. people will then say the only way to achieve that goal, the only way to become perfected humans, or the only way to leave the earthly plane and ascend to the higher plane, wherever that is, with the order of the solar temple, it was Sirius, the brightest star in the sky. Um, with Heaven's Gate, it was the the um, Hale-Bopp comet. Mm-hmm. Um, the tail end of the comet was supposed to have a like a UFO attached to it that, that the group would ascend to and that would take them to the next plane. And with this one, it's the plane above the Gobi Desert with, with, the, with the Great White Brotherhood. So whichever way it's being worded or presented to the followers, the only way to do that is to take your own life and make the final ascension. So that's a lot of the time, tragically, where the a lot of the murder suicides come from and what happened with the order of the solar temple was that a lot of people actually died from poisoning and gunshot wounds so they did not willingly participate in those final ceremonies that took place within the the ritualistic side of the order of the solar temple just to move it back to cults again yes (laughs) yes that's it's amazing how how people are drawn to these things and how you know the there is obviously a predisposition to uh, to to follow cults and, and and to believe in these things. Um, it, it's it, 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 and and uh, as Dan was saying before, obviously we listened to the uh, Infinite Monkey Cage, which ironically was talking about conspiracy theories um, in their latest episode. Um, and they were saying that you know should conspiracy theories, conspiracies, and or even cults, I should say, not conspiracies, but should cults, for example. Uh, be banned and got rid of, and, and, and you know all these people, they, they should be got rid of because they're just uh, bad. But it's been going on for so long, and we're talking thousands of years here. We're not just about the last twenty, thirty, or hundred years. Thousands of years we've had these cults and things going on. Um, 
and really they they said no they should be allowed to um to exist until they become destructive and then yeah, that's when they need to obviously like you say murder suicides that's that's the biggest point where it should be stopped but um you can't stop people believing in what they believe uh, it, and unfortunately if they believe in these things or they, you know sometimes it's healthy it's not a bad thing but there are others where they just go so far and, and become so bizarre and take it too far away um that it's just it, it, it's not it, it's stupid to be following them um so and destructive to the people and, the, and their families as well so yeah, I mean, yes, they, they, you, you can't stop them from from happening, but they must be sort of monitored and made sure that they're they're not going into uh, illegal or immoral um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, practices. Yeah, I think that's the most difficult part when a when a group, especially, has been given religious status within the country uh, or countries that they exist in. Then there is an assumption there that if they are tax exempt, that they are under some type of scrutiny from the government because they're not paying taxes but they're still being given a lot of you know tax deductible donations from the people that that give them money so i think that it's a it's very difficult to really pin down the destructive groups um especially when there might be some accountability to the people that have allowed them to thrive in the first place i think sometimes there needs to be external things happening so there's a running joke that's like religion plus time or cult plus time equals religion and i don't think that that's fair i don't think that we can say that every religion is a cult um, or that every cult is religious because there are political cults there are multi-level marketing schemes but there has to be something else in play like warren jeff's the leader of the flds movement polygamist cult down in utah and um, that is a branch of of the Mormon faith. He was arrested because of of crimes against children and um and marrying children and 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 sex trafficking of children. So once the FBI were able to get gain that evidence, they were able to arrest him. They knew that there was dodgy stuff going on before that, but it was only when they had that evidence that they could arrest him. Same with Keith Raniere, who received a one hundred and twenty year prison sentence. As the leader and founder of now defunct Nexium, you know, people always talk about the women being branded in the inner circle DOS group that existed. But there was hideous treatment of everybody involved with Keith Raniere, whether it was the the women or the people that were being financially exploited. It was only when there was trafficking involved that the the prosecutors were like, we have a case here now. You know, we have evidence of of trafficking. We we have evidence of of sexual abuse. So a lot of the time, I think you're right, Paul. It's so hard to pin these groups down. But as soon as something else comes into play, that's when um, people can act on, or or the legal system can 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 really have some power over over disbanding these groups. Although after the 1995 sarin gas attacks on the tokyo subway station by a a religious cult named arm shinrikyo who were given religious status from the japanese government and did receive a tax exemption status they were actually forced to disband after the events that took place and shoko asahara the leader and founder of arm shinrikyo was sentenced to death and he died a few years ago um on, on death row he was put he was put to death um and recently 
what's happened in Japan is that the former prime minister of Japan was assassinated by um, a man whose mother was a part of the Unification Church, who are also known as the Moonies. They conduct mass weddings. If you saw pictures of them, you'd probably recognize them. They exist all over the world. And his mother gave so much of the money to the church that they lived in poverty their entire lives. And this man was just so angry and so upset with the life that he had because of his mother's unwavering devotion to the Unification Church and the church's exploitation methods that he assassinated the former prime minister. And since then, the current prime minister has just the other day passed a bill that says that the Unification Church can no longer accept money from its followers in Japan. And I think that that is absolutely incredible because that shows that we can take steps in the right direction. In 2015, the UK introduced a new law under the Serious Crimes Act, uh, and it's the law of... of um, coercive control and coercive control is now a criminal offense but only in family environments and intimate partnerships so if somebody is using coercive methods like you would see in cults financial exploitation human trafficking um domestic violence all of these things are now chargeable offenses you can go to the police and you can say like you know i i am being subjected to all of these things but that hasn't been rolled out into a large group capacity and that is really the next step so i know that that's moving us really far away from conspiracy theories but i just thought it was quite prevalent to go into that there's been a lot of positive movement in uh in changing the way that these groups are allowed to function without any type of, of scrutiny whatsoever yeah that's right it's it's it is good to hear those uh, those things that you know laws are coming into into play and and you know um cults are actually being scrutinized more and more because there are so many uh, people as well and especially young people they tend to, you know obviously they looking around trying to find themselves trying to find out where they fit in the world and then suddenly they think they find this thing that they sounds good to them but without having any experience and, and previous knowledge of other uh, cults and what have you then uh, it, it does not end well so, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but you could take everything that you've just said and apply that to conspiracy theories and as as well, I think. You know, people are trying to find themselves. Mm. They find like-minded people yep. in perhaps unconventional spaces mm. that end up with dangerous teachings or destructive belief systems because, you know, they, they found some kind of community or identity within that space. So it's really interesting how you can really just, you know, if you were to list the things we've just listed, but not put a title of cult or conspiracy mm -hmm. theory, I think you could be like, oh, you're talking about the same thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I My own personal <laughs> belief, if you want, is that a lot of people who... Um, believe in in certain things and conspiracies and in cults and things like this uh, a lot of them um maybe didn't have a lot of interest in science at, at school and i think because obviously you know physics and, and chemistry biology to a certain degree will explain a lot of things in this world and because they sound actually so boring uh, it it doesn't why you know surely a god came down and created this world look at the beauty of this place and the, no it's just random events is what again was said on the podcast. Is it, it ran, the whole world is just random events happening 
there is there is no order to it but if you can apply logic and order to it like a god has come down and, and his son was put down to to help us out and and uh you know the, or, or if he, in the, the chinese they have uh, all these different um animals which they they they, they uh, you know, uh, obviously look at as saying these are huge um influences on our, our lives and the way the moon's moves around and all this all, all this sort of makes sense and it's, it's a, bit more, a bit more romantic and a bit more believable than just saying a lump of rock hit another lump of rock and created a moon and it just happened to spin around and <laughs> it just so happens that because they spin around at the same time and they show the same face of the moon to the planet all the same time uh these these tides have happened and 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 suddenly fish can, can hop out of the water and walk across and suddenly they're upright and but you know, it, it's you know, that's not going to make any sense to anybody, is it? Because why would that happen? It, it, that's all just it, illogical. It's billion to one chance, you know, which, if applied to this universe, would actually mean that there are a billion planets out there with exactly the same people as us. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, of course, the royal family, uh, a, a bunch of of lizard people from another alien race and the deep state controls everything because that explains why I don't get a fair go at things in life yes. and it explains why you know there's so much evil in the world but there's a group of people that are going to make that change um, yeah. I, yeah, absolutely I can see exactly why people would buy into that and I think that loneliness plays a huge part in all of those things as well individuals that are just looking for a place to feel connection community um, and a place where they feel like they belong mm -hmm. and that could take any manner of shape or form so yeah that's right well i i don't know any way of finishing this podcast so <laughs> we're just going to call it there um and say thank you very much again casey for gracing uh your uh, gracing us with your presence award nominated uh casey if you don't mind um you should put that on your on your cult vault um merchandise and things put it underneath it award nominated they do you know the <laughs> people do that you know oscar winning and all this type of thing you know that could be the next thing that you get you could be you know uh, not just not just award nominated it could be award winning Con conspiracy and cult vault uh podcaster casey that's a big hope. Yeah, I really, I really do hope that, that that's the case at some point, because I think it will give um, wider audiences a chance to discover the show and hear all of the amazing guests that have come to tell their stories. Um, I think that, that uh, uh, an award could really be the next step to pushing the podcast out into the public realm. Um, I'm not a famous person with a hundred thousand followers already you know following me on instagram so it's hard to build a platform from nothing as we as we all know but um i said this is going to be a nice refreshing break from cults and i've sat here and spoken so much about cults um it's ingrained at me at this point and i have absolutely hijacked your show and i've rambled on and i've loved every minute of it so thank you all so much thank you dan thank you sean thank you paul for also recording earlier with me in the day i appreciate that as well sean so thank you all so much for inviting me back and allowing me to come and tell you all about the great white brotherhood yeah. having you here come back anytime <laughs> exactly and next well next time we have you on we won't talk about conspiracies let's let's talk about favorite films or favorite television shows or something like that we can, we can do stargate that. i was <gasps> trying to remember the name of a show that i used to watch 
every Friday when I was a kid, mum and dad would come home with those boxes from the takeaway of chicken and chips. And the chicken skin was always the best thing. And it would be these little, with like a bird on the side of the box. And it would just be like, you know, and I'd sit in front of the telly cross-legged and we would watch this sci-fi show that wasn't Star Trek. And it was this, there was a leading guy and they would go on space adventures and I could never, ever remember the name of it. And you've just said Stargate. And I think it maybe it was, <laughs> maybe it was this. Every Friday night, we used to sit down and watch it at home. Every Friday. There you go. Yeah, we uh, me and my wife sat down to what uh, we we did a whole took us a whole year to watch the entire series because it was that many episodes of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we did it in a year and it was uh, it was brilliant. I mean, it was really good. Mm. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, come on and yeah. talk about that. I mean, it's still got the conspiracy thing, you know, the the, the pyramids were built by gods, and yeah. now we've got to go and kill them and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's great fun. Yeah. I've just looked up a picture and it is definitely this show. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Excellent. There we go. It'll be a soft way out of conspiracy theories. We'll talk about a show that sort of has something to do with. Yeah, that's right. Pyramids were built by My goodness, Thor. you know, I have tried so hard to find this and I was getting all sorts of, all sorts of sci-fi recommendations and uh, it was not, it was, I did not see this. It's, this didn't pop up, which is a shame because it's obviously a big hit for you, for you people. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. It's still knocking around somewhere. I think I've seen it on one of the obscure channels, sci-fi channels. Yeah. Some, yeah, and some new shows are being rebooted from it as well. So they're still making some more of them. So yeah. wow, there you go. So they I have but... the exact same pose in every picture of, <laughs> of course, every series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Thank you so much. That's great. I feel yeah. like there's a weight Enjoy. off my shoulders. <laughs> That's it, finally. And then tomorrow you'll be you'll say, Lee, 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 they reminded me of that show. It was um um oh, what's it called again? It's gone. No, I've just searched it on Google. So ah, now every single app there. is going to be offering me the DVD collection. Exactly. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, because yes, because it listens to you. It's mm-hmm. amazing how it does that. Uh, so by my reckoning, uh, this is obviously episode 67. Previous episode was 26. If you uh, t- take the two and add it to the seven, that gives you nine. And six times six is 36. So three uh, episode 369, you should be back with us. <laughs> well, that's enough <laughs> that, time to watch all of Stargate right. and the spin-offs and the movie. Yeah. It'd be great. And then the day before, we'll go, oh, what are we going to talk about? Oh, quick, do a Google search on something. <laughs> We've only had 369 episodes to work this out. And as we're doing it monthly, that could be quite a long time. So uh, yes, we've we've moved our podcast to a monthly podcast now, and not to. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm a bit more organised these days. I actually have a calendar that I send people that goes up to July, so I can send that to you, and you can work out a day. Although I don't know, actually, I suppose I can record any Wednesday because I don't know if you know this, Paul. But Lee's moving on to uh, Monday to Friday, nine to five from January. I, so I believe so. Yes, I'd heard that. Yes, he's so doing I very would, well. I was only planning to do Fridays and Sunday interviews, but actually, he'll be home at like five o'clock ish most days, so I can probably do any Wednesday. Ooh, very good. Um, you just let me know because I'm happy to do this anytime. Great stuff. Um, so, well, we've got. Um, um we did go through our favorite cartoons of our childhood and our were so each one of us took a decade because obviously there's 10 years between each 
like there's 10 years between me and Sean, 10 years between Sean and Dan. So, uh, so I did all of the, like the 60s and 70s, and then Sean did the 80s and sort of into the 90s, and Dan took the sort of 90s into the 2000s, and um, cool. yeah. So uh, we all that's had a... great. Oh, I mean, I don't know if you would know of any of my of any of my cartoons, but yeah, that that kind of thing. <laughs> I love that kind of thing. That's great. Well, that's right. Because I mean, uh, by the time it got down to, I mean, Sean was okay. I'd, I'd sort of, I was saying, well, I don't really, really remember them because I was getting a bit too old for cartoons by that time. But by the time it got down to Dan, I'd never heard of half of his. I thought, well, I think it's my kids still, may have watched dead. them, but. <laughs> you saw the tumbleweed actually going through the Zoom call. It was crazy. <laughs> And that was even funnier because you uh, went all robotic. Yeah, that was so funny. That was so funny. That was perfect time and the way that that happened. Yeah. But even it, like if you were to do more things like that, it would be great because I can do sort of the late 90s into the 2000s. And then I can even talk about what kids shows are popular today because <laughs> yes. I have a one and three year old that have, you know, the telly as their, as their um, de-, de facto babysitter. That's yes, perfect. And from a female perspective as well, which we don't have. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we I could do that. that. Sort of thing. Great. I look forward to it. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate you giving me this time and being able to just come and chat with you about things. Oh, we really appreciate having you back on again because it's always uh, always good fun when uh, when you go when you get yourself on and we we talk about silly things like conspiracy theories and then serious things like uh, uh, cult stuff. So yeah. Thank you very much for coming back on. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Holidays. Christmas exists! (laughs) (laughs) So our special is gone and the grease in the box is cold. And we hope you are full to the brim. So join us for more Slices of Life in the next special delivery of the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. been your deliveries today please leave a tip at the door by subscribing for future deliveries rate and review our service and we hope you come back for more helpings next time you can find us on facebook twitter instagram tumblr and tiktok by searching for the cosmic pizza podcast if you'd like to send us an mp3 file you can email us on cosmicpizzapodcast at gmail.com and we'll catch you on the next episode of the cosmic pizza podcast That's brilliant. Always, always good fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, really good. And 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 we finished early as well. That's amazing because normally we record mm-hmm. these things start about nine o'clock, and we're, by eleven o'clock we're fading rapidly. Wanted to get to bed, and <laughs> trying to say something meaningful about Babylon Five, which is another science fiction program <laughs> you'll have never heard of. Yeah, it's a different one. Yeah, probably. Different one. <laughs> no, she's <laughs> <Here> on. <we laughs> <go. laughs> they they're probably in the same position as well. On the yeah, they'll all be in the same ones. Yeah. Just swap oh, the heads. No. Just swap the heads over. No. I thought but, maybe you know because I, I I look at those at those Stargate pictures and I think is that the show? But it definitely is. It definitely is. This I just look at this show and that this is not right. No. <laughs> yeah. Like the of... lead character was like a bit of a dick, but like you forgive him because he's the guy in charge. And is that does that sound yeah. about right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah. Oh, come on, Jack What's O'Neill. This? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, say again, Sean. Yeah. MacGyver. MacGyver. That's the word. MacGyver himself. Yeah. Yeah. MacGyver himself, the original MacGyver, for good to say. Mm-hmm. And Babylon 5, you've got the original Tron. I mean, come on. Yeah, all together. Have you, have you seen that Claudia Christian, who's um, one of the female um, 
member cast members from Babylon Five. Uh, she's in London at the moment. Really? Mm. What for? What um, Christmas? Or... <laughs> oh right. <laughs> yeah, I think she's um, uh, she's over here meeting up with uh, some friends and people and things. But you should t- see if we can get her on uh, Epsilon Three. Oh, damn right. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be I'll that'd re- be good. I'll reach there. out. I'll reach out she's on Twitter. On the or first, or... she's not on the first page of of listed um of listed people, so she can't be that famous. <laughs> no, <laughs> she's not from Stargate. Ah, that's true. That's very oh, true. I can't see what. What did you say? Her name was on Babylon uh, Five. Babylon Five. Claudia Christian. Oh yeah, no, she is the first person yeah, listed. Exactly. I, I did not. She 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 must oh, always I recognize be. her from other things. Yeah, yeah. She has been in a lot of. She does a lot of uh, voice work for computer games. So there will be some games that you have played that she will have uh, voiced, even if only it was a small voice in the background. Uh, but she's been. She was in a film films. called Half Past Dead. <laughs> yes, she now was. that's late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great! I love this sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, IMDb is your friend. Mm. Oh, isn't it great? It's it's oh, yeah. most amazing. Website. I, I mean, for years and years and years, we, you'd have to try and remember who that was and that thing and what you saw them in last. And now it's so easy, so good. Yeah. <laughs> so many bar fights could have been avoided in the 90s if I'd had IMDb. <laughs> There's things like um, even today, I just found out that um, I was just doing some research and I found out that um, Michael Jackson's last number one hit, You Are Not Alone, was written, produced, and composed by R. Kelly. And the only way I found that out was going through IMDb. Um, and I was just like, well, there's another song I'll never listen to again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, anybody who holds a child over a balcony and then never gets done for it and just, you know, people make excuses for it. It's just, it's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's this whole piece I'm doing at the moment around like, um, oh, it's called the Celebrity Series. So I did an episode on the cult of Hollywood. So you probably know all about like how the big movie production companies would like rent out their actors and their stars and then get them hooked on drugs and force them to have like abortions and then force them to marry people and all sorts of horrible stuff that like all happens in cults. So I did an episode on the cult of Hollywood. And then I did an episode on Jared Leto from 30 Seconds to Mars because he's well dodgy. And then I did a character on Ezra Miller, who's like an actor who's also, you know, um, a dick. having to appear in court for loads of horrible stuff. And then I did R. Kelly today. And then I'm going to do Bill Cosby next. Oh, um, and then Kevin Spacey. So there's, yeah, but the thing is, wow. the more you look into all of this stuff, the more you're like, well, I can't watch that and I can't watch that. And I saw a new, mm. I love Denzel Washington. And I was like, oh, there's a new Denzel Washington film on Prime. I'm going to watch it. And then I was like, Jared Leto's in it. So no, I'm not. So yeah, I really kind of put myself in a box. <laughs> it was um, a podcast uh, with two Star Trek actors. It was uh, Gates McFadden, who played uh, Beverly Crusher in, in The Next Generation. And, um, guy who played Wesley Crusher was Will Wheaton. He, he played her son in the, in the episode. And he did a, uh, sorry, she did a podcast and interviewed all of the Star Trek actors and a few others as well. But she interviewed Will Wheaton and he said um, the same thing. He said, well, you know, I, I'm watch, I'm trying to watch things and then somebody will be bad in it. Do it so do I continue to watch it? Do I continue to listen to the music? Or do I blank it and then say, well, now I can't listen to this. Just like you were saying there, there's so much you, you can't watch and and, and see. But then saying, but you can still appreciate the good things that they did, the, the the art that they've created. You obviously just have to 
remove yourself from the bad things they did, but still understand yeah, that they did hard. that. I mean, so long it's as you're hard. not, so long as you're not going to support them when they are alive and doing this, you can't then go. You can't say, right, well, if Michael Jackson was still alive, you can't say, well, let's go to a Michael Jackson concert because he's brilliant. When quite no, obviously, I agree, it's not. hard. Or, or Rolf Harris, you know, go look at some of his, you know, his new painting and an exhibition he's put on. You, you can't, you can't do that. But by certainly, you can look at some of the things that they created that were really good, that are already out there. And and you know you you can't say well let's destroy it because oh, it's, it's so such tough. a good piece of work but it is a hard thing. It's to... like um, uh, thinking about the, everybody else involved in those creative projects as well. Mm. Like I w- will not watch a Tom Cruise film because um, most of the time he with if films that he's in these days he's going to have a huge um, say if not all of the say. Um, a lot of the films are made by his production company and his distribution company and all of his money is tied up in the Church of Scientology. So I wouldn't pay to go and watch Tom Cruise in a film. Um, but it's a shame because he like he was acting alongside Miles Teller and I really like Miles Teller. I think he's a I think he's a phenomenal actor. And then he was like, oh, my goodness, working with Tom Cruise was like finding my soulmate. And I was like, no. Yes. <laughs> well, well, that's right. I mean, but, but, you know, you've got costume designers, you've got yeah. camera people, editors, you've got animators, you've got people that go out on location hunts. You've got all these other people that are yeah. involved in these projects that are being boycotted yeah. because the because the people that are being because the people that are being chosen to play these parts are historical like abusers. Like mm-hmm. James Franco is still being picked up mm. for films and stuff and and there he has like such a huge history of 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 stuff so just stop choosing those people to <laughs> yes. be your leading yeah. people just get other people please yeah, that's right because it, there's so much stuff we want to watch it is it is hard like you say you've got some you know really good films out there with um uh if i can remember his name now because he's just jumped out of my head the australian actor Gibson. Mel Gibson. He's produced them. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's starred in them. I'm not going to watch that because he, you know, it's one of his films. Yeah, but he's on it a lot. And yes, you do have to look at him a lot. But look at the credits. His is one name, and there's probably about four or five hundred underneath that. It's hard. And any one of those three or four hundred people could have been arrested for anything, and you'll never know because they won't be. They're not in the public eye. He's been picked up because he's obviously a big star, and everybody, you know thinks highly of him when they shouldn't because he's an, you know he's a bit of an ass but underneath that how many other people do you know do you know any of the others that are asses that are down this list no but so you will watch the film so watch the film and ignore the fact and know in your own mind know in your own mind that you're looking at him thinking he's a tit and i hate him and that's the right attitude if you're watching him and thinking no actually i really really like him despite what he's done then you're the tit so yeah you know, it's, yeah it's it's that. i think you're right Morally, you, morally, you know you're right to not not like watching it, but yeah. suspend the fact that it's Mel Gibson and just concentrate on him playing the character, and you're watching yeah. a character piece, and then then it's easier. I'm not saying that you still like it or him, but you know just you know, watch that bit and believe the characters of yeah. what you're seeing, and, and don't distance and distance yourself from reality for for that half, an hour and a half that you're watching the film. I think there's a way to look at the the monetization that comes from the project as well, because if you stream people's music, I think that's a bit different because, you know, they're going to get money every time you listen to that mm-hmm. song. If you've got a Disney Plus subscription and, you know, the 
the platform itself has a, an agreed amount to Paramount Pictures. Like, you know, we will pay you $2 million to feature your film on Disney Plus for this amount of time. That's already been paid. You know, none of that money from your subscription is going to go straight into the pocket of Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. There's a way to think about, you know, I'm not going to go to the cinema and I'm not going to pay money because these days actors and actresses, they get, you know, they get basically royalties. Mm-hmm. They, they'll get a take of whatever there is made at box office. So I think there's a clever way of, of you know, am I financially contributing to this person's career when they are actively contributing to other people's like? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's it is hard. So I think there's 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 a way to. I that's, think there's a way to. That's right. So I mean, that, that, so long as you know that what you are watching, you mainly is, consume. <laughs> yes, as long as you know what you're watching, and 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 some TV programs from the seventies, especially, and and the TV series and films from that period, are obviously are a bit difficult to watch these days because we don't realise that in those days you could get away with things that you can't now, which is yeah, which is absolutely right. Uh, but if you're still, you know, there are still some good programs that are sort of were unintentionally wrong and didn't mean to be wrong. There were comedy shows or whatever. Um, but you can still watch them now. And if you understand that what you're watching is wrong, then that's fine. So you can, do, yeah. you, you don't say, oh, yes, that's funny, because actually I think it is true what they said about that black person then. Oh, no, that's wrong. But if you, if you see it and think, oh, ouch, that's a bit, ooh, a bit hard to watch, then that's the right attitude, the right reaction. And, and so you're okay to watch it as long as you understand it was a product of its time and what you were watching is wrong. Yeah, so. like Only Fools and Horses, for example. Mm-hmm. Like they use all that yeah. that 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 problematic terminology and there's mm-hmm. was uproar, wasn't there, when they were like, we're going to cancel. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was just a really popular, like yeah. a cult hit show, Sean, over exactly. here. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of. No. Yeah. yeah, so they use, they use terms like going to the, going around to the packy shop and things like that oh, which you know it's just yeah. my dad says that and i and i might makes my like butt cheeks clench you know yes. and he gets so uncomfortable yeah. Yeah. and he's like oh i'm just i'm just joking and i'm like but it's not funny yes that's right <laughs> it's, it's not a joke <laughs> yeah no yeah. i i think i'm with you there anyways yes. thank you mm. so much i'm gonna hop off and okay. i will speak to you all very soon have a a great Christmas, whatever you decide to do, yep, all of you. you. And I hope, Sean, yeah. that you don't get snowed in during this storm. I'm hoping. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Okay, I'll speak okay. to you all soon. Take oh, care. Thanks, Casey. Bye. Bye. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the T Public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.